podcasters want to hear stuff that's for their audience, not just about what you want. Basically, I had to really shift the focus off of me and onto them. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, 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 welcome back to the show. I am your host, a fellow freelancer, Emily Reagan, a mom of four, and I'm surviving the latest sports season of indoor basketball and futsal. I'm glad you're here today because we have a very special guest who is talking about podcast guesting and a thing she calls sustainable visibility. What is it? How can we protect our energy and show up in a way that actually moves the needle in our business, puts our businesses out there, helps us get clients so we can make a bigger difference in the world? That's what we're talking about today. And of course, it's always very meta because the things we do for our freelance business to prospect, to get leads, to be visible, those things also apply to our clients. And sometimes we're coaching our clients to help them get clients. And you're going to see them getting all distracted by all of these different strategies and marketing and social media platforms they need to be on. And they'll be feeling like they need to do a million different things, burning themselves out, stretching themselves out. And today we can talk about reeling it back in, doing the visibility that's actually sustainable and realistic and for the long term. It's going to be good for you to come up with your clients some kind of mode of operations that is very realistic and actually moves the needle in their business and allows them to have those breaks. I mean, this is the biggest thing about hiring and working with freelancers is business owners need to be able to offload some of that work. And today we're talking a lot about public relations. And just so you know, my background is PR. My last former full-time jobs, a couple of them were public relations and communication directors. I have pitched for my clients. I've pitched for my past organizations, getting the media features, getting them inside the TV studio. And this is actually how I started as a freelancer. One of the first services I did was writing press releases and then building a media kit. And I've still built blogger media kits and speaker sheets for some of my clients. And I've also pitched clients for podcasts and helped business owners write their pitches too. So before we start talking about PR and podcasting and all of that jazz, let me tell you about my sponsor, Magic Mind. It's a productivity drink I keep talking about. Have you tried it yet? Seriously, it helps you cut down on the coffee intake and it puts the good things in your body so you can actually focus and give your clients the best of your brain, the best of your services and really wow them. I don't want you turning in a rushed, a shoddy, a distracted work at five o'clock that was riddled with mistakes because you can't focus. So Magic Mind can help you. I mean, we've all been there. It happened to me recently. I was changing a client's email and forwarding a website from GoDaddy and accidentally hit the wrong one. I shut down her email for 24 hours. There was a weird glitch. And still, like little things like that happen when you're not always thinking clearly and catching it. I mean, the window switched on me and I didn't catch it. So try Magic Mind for things like this. It has natural ingredients. And right now they have a big sale. If you use my link below, you will get 75% off. Go down into the show descriptions or go to magicmind.com. That's Magic Mind. Sometimes I can't pronounce it. M-I-N-D slash Jan 
unicorns. And everything's below in the show notes. I actually sent my brother a gift of this because he's a pilot and we want him to focus. And it actually helped me too. I'm grateful for finding this because I have an afternoon slump and this has helped me keep my heart rate down and get energy at the same time. Go check it out. Seriously, it makes good gifts as well. Maybe send some to your clients. I think that would be a really fun onboarding gift. Okay, and before we jump in, I wanna tell you that I'll be offering a a skill builder workshop when it comes to PR beyond podcast pitching. It's only $27. The link will be below in the show notes. We're gonna run this a little bit later, but you can still sign up right now so you don't have to get a PR degree. You don't have to be a part of the PRSA Society. You do not need to have fancy initials after your name to show that you have some accreditation in public relations. You can absolutely do this work. You don't need well-connected and fancy media connections to the media to help your clients do the research and set them up to be visible on their own. We'll be doing that workshop very soon, so check it out. I want to help you add to your skills. I want you to help your clients make big traction in their business in 2024. And I know that this is a rare magical skill set that has helped me stand out over the years and been a booked out unicorn. It also saves your clients from hiring out $2,000, $3,000 a month PR agencies. So you can step up in some capacity and be a part of this workflow, this daily workflow in their business. And one more little ask. Oh my gosh, I'm asking a lot. I'm really trying to hit 100 reviews for my podcast, which please just quickly give a five-star review. And if you have time to write one, even better, but just hit five stars for me. That will help out so much. Okay, let's jump into the podcast today. And my guest today is completely related to what I have done as PR. And it's been so fun watching her evolution in business. She has really made a name for herself. And I met her years ago and at a couple conferences. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We have a very interesting conversation today. It's not the super teachy and tactical conversation, but we're really talking about the power of visibility and where to invest your time, right? If I'm going to sum it up really quickly, it means that we don't burn the candle at both ends. So cliche, but it's so easy as a business owner to feel like we have to do all of this to be comparing ourselves, to be listening to outside voices when it comes to our business and not completely in alignment. And sure, podcast guesting can increase your confidence, your competence. It can help you be seen as an authority and an expert, but it's also hard and we can't just run, run, run all of the time. Many of you in my digital marketers work group right now, and those of you in my mastermind need to be doing podcast guesting right now. You know that this is not new, but there's a lot of barriers that come from pitching yourself, right? May Kay Sang is here in the house. She helps integrity-led online entrepreneurs go from hidden gems to go to experts through the power of sustainable visibility and podcast guesting. She wants to help those make a deeper difference to those they serve without compromising their own capacity, values, or their bottom line in the process. So let's jump into visibility and podcasting right now. Nikkei, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. We met a few years ago at the Copywriting Club in San Diego when the world was falling apart. And I've watched your business explode. I've watched you do big things and really have this passion for sustainable visibility. And it's going to be so helpful for my audience. So please tell everyone a little bit about you, your story, how you got here, all the good stuff. 
Oh gosh, I can't. But wow, the Copywriter Club, the last conference standing in San Diego before the world shut down. You are completely right. <laughs> Literally, oh, God. Literally. yes, yes. And as we're recording this, that's like four years ago. Wow, how time flies! But it's so awesome that even if we haven't been in super inner circles, that we've always kind of been somewhat around each other. So I'm super, super excited to be here today for your unicorns and yourself. So hi, everyone. It's your first time hearing of me. My name is Meike Sang. And in a nutshell, I help you go from hidden gem to go to expert through the power of sustainable visibility. And my expertise area is in podcast guesting in particular. So yeah, oh, where do I start? There are so many starting points that I can go with. So Pick one, I'll we, go from there. <laughs> we want it all because so many of us have this random career and education and job experience. And I think it's so empowering to hear what you did before because I know it wasn't a linear journey for you. So, oh, 100% you know. no. Yeah. <laughs> it was not linear at all. Yeah. Tell us, wh where did you start? All right. So, I I'm going to start off from university. So, university, I did not follow my degree. So, this is probably where this kind of starts. <laughs> so I chose to study psychology in a London university. And I kid you not, Emily, the first day of my degree, I walked out of a welcoming, you know, like an opening sort of day. I was walking down the steps and I felt it in every fiber of my being. I was like, this is not for me. And I thought, well, damn it, because I live in the UK and I was the last year before our university fees tripled from 3k a year to 9k a year. Oh my God. Yeah. I felt a ton of obligation to really stick to it because like mom and papa raised no quitter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I stuck through it much to my dismay. And what had happened was a very personal incident in my second year when I was living out. So I just want to take a pause for a moment and provide a trigger warning for anyone who may be listening. If you're particularly sensitive or tender to the topic of sexual abuse, I will not go into, you know, grave detail. But I just want to let you know that's going to be a little part of my next tale. So this is not for you. Just take a pause, come back and listen to this later. Or if you feel like you're good, then just keep on playing. Thank you. Okay. So I was in an abusive relationship and it had escalated into violence and particularly on the sexual side of things. I remember staring at myself in the mirror after the incident happened and he had left and I said to myself, no one in this life is ever going to take my power away from me again. And it was that moment when I realized everything I had been doing up until that moment, I was pleasing everybody else. I was being who they needed me to be for them, whatever that role was, with a daughter, a sister, a friend, a girlfriend, whatever it was, I was being a different version of myself in order to receive the love that I wanted. But that was my final straw. And it was that moment on where I really took care of my mental health, which is why I always advocate for mental health days and just always prioritizing that. And a huge part of the sustainable visibility journey, which we'll talk about later, is very much in service of that. So I took care of my mental health, my physical health. And of course, it still has its peaks and valleys. <laughs> but that, that was like a huge wake up call for me, let's just say. And so that did mean that I was exploring 
other options because psychology, again, as much as I love the topic, where I learned it at university, I learned more about animal physiology than I did about brain chemistry or anything related to humans. And I get it. You know, there are some studies that, you know, you start off with animals and you apply it to human behavior later, but it just didn't make sense that one of my school trips was in a field in London where we were observing deer in their rut. <laughs> so it just didn't seem to make sense. <laughs> what? Yes, I know, right? That was my personal turning point when I was really wanting to explore different options. Because what I loved about psychology was the listening aspect, just really holding space for someone and knowing how to really help them. And it was actually because I was so obsessed with taking care of my health that the power of Facebook ads targeted me for this coaching school. And I was like, oh, coaching, what is this? And I don't know what possessed me to <laughs> to do this but in my final year of university when I should have been focusing on my dissertation and my exams I had signed up for a coaching school <laughs> oh my god during to do during not to start after I graduated no during <laughs> so clearly I was in need of a career shift yeah and like many coaching schools they train you up to be a great coach but not how to be a great business owner and so this is where it kind of started. I had to part time at several places. I was volunteering at business events in London just so that I can get some behind the scenes workings of how events worked and being able to speak to the organizers and the speakers because they were teaching about entrepreneurship. So I felt like that was a big gateway in. I even was hired as an event coordinator at one point because I was there so often and I just knew how to run them. So that was really, really cool. And it was also around this time I had met a coach that was really taking off because he had several YouTube videos that went viral. And it was one of those cases where like, oh, my business isn't ready for this. My systems aren't supporting this. I need help sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We know that so, spot well. <laughs> yes, I do. And here's actually where my entry into the coaching world just really started to take place because he had offered a challenge that whoever won this seven days of overcoming your fear challenge in his community of over 10,000 people, you would win one year of mentorship with him. And you, my friend, are listening to the winner. <laughs> I think I'd have to say out of the seven days, my favorite challenge was I got a bunch of guys in corporate suits to dance to the Gangnam Style with me, that, that Korean song that really went viral back in the day, proper doing the choreography and everything. It was great. So I had won the one year. And about four months into this mentorship, it has shifted into an internship because he started realizing the potential I had as a coach. He needed support. I needed support in other ways where I kind of needed a to be under someone's wing for a while just to really see the ins and outs of their business. Yeah. And we co-created what his business is today. It meant a lot of support. I had worn all of the hats. I was the community manager. I even created video animations. I was the salesperson. I was his right-hand person. I was all of the things. And there was one skill in particular that stood out, out of them all. And that was copywriting. <laughs> this is where I know this. Mm, yeah. Know the coaching background. And what you're describing too, wearing all the hats and the person in there exploring mm-hmm. things. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we do as unicorns inside a business. So this is so fun. Mm-hmm. You get the direction. <laughs> so what did you do with copywriting? He had seen just conversion after conversion. My emails in particular were very high converting compared to his, because we did like split tests to see who <laughs> would perform better. And I'd be like, ha, 
I won. <laughs> You're just a winner. <laughs> I did. I was a winner indeed. And it's just the thing is that my skills had really taken off there and our visions of success really started to diverge in a very organic way. So he's very much about the hustle culture and I'm not completely denying the importance of that because it is important for us to work. But at all costs, including your relationships, that's where I draw the line because I've been with my partner to this day about 13 years now. And even now, I'm still super close with my partner's family. And there was one point where I was upstairs here working in this very office. Everyone was downstairs for a Sunday dinner. So I had to quickly run downstairs to get yet another cup of tea to fuel me through the night. And then her little cousin comes to me. She's about five years old at this point. She goes, May Kate, how come you never eat with us anymore? It's heartbreaking. I know. (laughs) And that for me, it was a huge wake-up call. I was like, wow, they are literally right downstairs. I have a seat at the dinner table and it's empty. Mm, that's hard. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I knew, oh, as much as I've learned here, as much as the, you know, the experiences, opportunities I've had, I can't keep this up like this. So it's the 1st of June, 2018. And I know that precise date because I had a quote made up and printed so I could see it every day. (laughs) The 1st of June, 2018 was the day I left. And it was on very amicable terms because he saw that my fire had died down because I was feeling the cost now of not seeing my family and my partner or anything. He knew that it was time to let me go. And I also knew it was my time to leave. But the funny thing is, when I left, he messaged me very soon after. He was like, I know you don't work for me anymore, but um, can I hire you as a contractor? Because I still need your copywriting skills. (laughs) (laughs) So I took him on as a client and um, he referred me to a couple of people. And it was around this time I actually found the Copywriter Club. So I think it's so cool that, you know, we met at that particular conference because they really helped me on the business side of things a bit more because I was serving as a copywriter for a while. And while that's not a service I provide anymore, my copywriting skills has actually helped me with my current area of expertise. So I mentioned at the beginning, as I introduced myself, that my specialty area is podcast guesting. And the reason for that, it actually links so well with the story because I had had an abundance of clients when I first left because I got the referrals, right? But of course, if you only rely on word of mouth and don't do any further marketing yourself, eventually it's going to dry up. And that's where I was. I was in a drought. All of my mentors at the time, I had four of them, they all said, you need to guest on podcasts. You need to let people know what you are here for, what you can provide, the value you have, all of that. And they kind of just left me at that. And they're like, oh yeah, just do that. (laughs) (laughs) And there's me. I'm like, um, okay. I'm I'm like, I am a big girl. I can figure this out myself. I have been thrown in the deep end plenty of times before. (laughs) So I will do it again. So I set myself a challenge to pitch to 101 podcasters in 30 days. And I'm going to take a side note here and say, I don't recommend anyone do that volume. (laughs) now I know in retrospect at the time I didn't but the reason why I picked such a high number is because one I knew that this PR industry typically it's around three to ten percent booking rate Mm -hmm. and so I I learned to expect that and so I had to really think of the numbers 
But here's what I did not take into account, Emily, is the fact that my copywriting skills, they have helped me communicate value. And so my booking rate was not 3 to 10%. It was 33. One in every three pitches said yes. That's because you're a winner, girl. You're a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I know the power of copywriting. And I have also, as a podcast host, gotten a lot of super shitty pitches. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. So yeah, I can totally see that. But I can see how your ability, like, I know we'll get into it, but I'm so proud of you for like trying it. <laughs> for like, for using some, I think some people hear podcast guesting pitching, they get really intimidated. I'm like, when you can write, when you are understanding mm -hmm. like what this pitch is really doing, it's not as difficult. So, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, no, no, no. I love it. I love this back and forth. I was shocked beyond all reason. And this was in 2019, by the way. So this year, um, this July in 2024 would be that five-year anniversary, which I think so I'm going to do something pretty special around that. But we'll get to that. <laughs> but because I had reached such a high acceptance rate, a high booking rate, of course, my copywriting peers who I was in masterminds with or we were just in that community, they were like, Meke, how did you do it? So I started, you know, having chats one-on-one. -on -one. I did free workshops here and there. And then I felt like it could be something bigger because I think a huge piece that people miss is that they could just go straight to the pitch. Of course, I get it because they want the interviews. They want those interviews to be aired. I totally get that. But if you miss the first step about really determining what your messaging is, how it even relates to your offers, all of that. If you've missed that completely, those pitches will probably really miss the mark and you won't get what you're looking for. But the beauty of this is, is that my methodology has thankfully been co-created directly with podcasters in this industry of entrepreneurship, digital marketing, because I'm not guessing here. I know exactly what works because I asked them, I asked them, why did you say yes? They told me, I recorded the answers and I've really distilled it in my pitch with purpose framework, which I teach to my students who take my workshop series. And the thing is, I love that it's really co-created with you know, the real people. I'm not taking guesses. I've taken out the guesswork by actually asking. The beauty of it is that it's all timeless principles. These things will not change. And I love that so much with the rate that things are going right now, with how quickly things change and trends come and go. These are things that will stand the test of time because it's all about communicating your value in a way that's of service to the other person, which sounds so simple, but you and I can both agree as podcast hosts ourselves, people miss the mark anyway. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, they make it all about them. It feels mm -hmm. like a one night stand. The second somebody has a book, I'm like, no, okay, <laughs> I can tell you're about, you're trying to use me. You know, like I've been mm -hmm. there. I've had the podcast guests that who then unfriend me on Instagram after. Oh, Not, you know no, what I mean? Like I, I see I that. But what I love about your story, I've heard you tell this before, you actually messed up some pitches, right? Like you also learned by making mm -hmm. mistakes. And some of those yes. editors or podcast hosts were kind enough to to steer you too, right? That was yes. part of the process. Oh, yes, this is really important to share, actually. So in the 101 pitches, my first pitch, this is the one you're talking about. Okay. This, <laughs> my first pitch, I look back and I cringe like no tomorrow, but I share these screenshots when I'm teaching workshops and stuff because it's so important to see where I have gone. <laughs> it's the exact kind of pitch that you're talking about, the one that's all about them <laughs> and everything like that. And it is Oops. true. <laughs> yeah, whoopsie. 
So it was my first pitch, first rejection. I could you not. I wanted to hide on a rock. I wanted to quit. I was so ashamed, so embarrassed. Thankfully, that host knew of me anyway and knew that I was meant for more. So that's why they didn't completely blank me or silence me or anything like that. Instead, they provided me some much needed feedback. They said it was unsolicited and it was, but I appreciate it. They were the ones who told me podcasters want to hear stuff that's for their audience, not just about what you want. And so in the future, I would recommend that you address your pitches that kind of way. That is not word for word, by the way. It's just a recollection from my faulty memory, but it was along the lines of that. Basically, I had to really shift the focus off of me and onto them. And I am grateful to this day for that feedback because it has really shaped what I do now. I have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs successfully pitch and I get feedback all the time from from my clients and my students. They get told from hosts, this is the best pitch I've ever had because it's all value driven. Of course, podcasters know ultimately that, you know, it is the business and you are technically quote unquote leveraging them and their platform for greater reach for their own work. We get that, but you don't have to put that at the forefront. That can be on the back burner. It can be a part of it, but just not the thing you lead with. Especially when you are, your mission truly is to serve that audience and help them. So Mm -hmm. I love all this. I don't know if you knew, did you not have a PR background? Well, it's it's in your email, but yeah, (laughs) I knew that. I remember feeling a lot of my own imposter syndrome because I knew how to get like print media, especially, (laughs) right? And I knew AP style, then pivoting into this online world. You're right. It is timeless. It is about the relationships you have and the serving. And I mean, like cut down like online business and that's even our core messaging isn't about us. It's about Mm. our ideal clients. But yet when it comes to being on podcasts, we like become so self-centered about it. And I mean, a lot of us probably like the fear of putting ourselves out there and like, we're kind of panicking and feeling like we need to oversell. We probably carry that in. But I love how simple you make this in your framework because it's not, PR used to be the thing where you had to have the contacts and Mm -hmm. the physical finder binder to like know who's who. And it's just not like that anymore. Like anyone can pitch themselves and get their clients on a show or get themselves. And I want to just say that a lot of my listeners are at that point. You've been doing the work. Like your mentors were telling you, like, go do this. I've been saying the same thing. Like, it's time. Do it. Try it. I really wanted to get into your framework of your sustainable visibility. And I really like that you break it down so simple. You make it really easy. But I also want you to go ahead and tell us if we want to dive more into this. What does your business look like now? Because I know you've mentioned your workshop and where can we go to learn more? And I I know I'm doing things backward, but that's intentional. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. People who go, you rebel, you know, traditionally. Yeah, Yeah, I want to set it up and be clear because you're not going to learn everything in this podcast. Let's call it what it is. And if you are like, you're tingling here and you're thinking like, I could do this for myself or my clients, like I, I want people to learn from you. Thank you. Yes. So if podcast guesting is on your radar, whether it's 2024 and beyond, because again, these skills are truly timeless, then I have a all-inclusive workshop series called the Ultimate Podcast Guesting Workshop Series. And yes, I've been as bold to name it as that because it truly is the ultimate one. (laughs) 
love it. <laughs> yes. And you can find more info about that at makeisand.com forward slash UPG. So you can uh, pop that into the show notes. But yeah, that will take you through the A to Z process. So the pitch part is the second workshop of the three. Okay. But the first one does go through, you know, really being strategic about how it aligns with your offers, really creating that listener journey and like spark questions to help you come up with your signature topics and then we got the pitching and the last one is actually how you do the interview process because I feel like that is also missed out a lot but how do you actually prepare yourself for the interviews how do you leverage those interviews to actually support your business because if you think that you just need to do the interview and move on to the next one next one next one you are sorely mistaken because that is a huge piece that people miss and that again you're just kind of getting just the cusp of the impact of podcast guesting that way. But if you actually re-leverage those interviews in a multitude of ways, not only will you be able to expand your reach even further, you continue to build those relationships, deepen that trust, and that is how you get those contacts. So what you said earlier about, you know, PR, it used to be about who do you already know? But here's the thing. If you treat people well, you show up on their platform, you spread the word about that platform, they're going to want to keep you around and they will tell their friends. So I've got all of that in that workshop series. And like I just said, we know who the good guests are. Right? <laughs> like we're, refer- we're referring people. Exactly. Like that too. We and talk. Podcasts talk. Like media begets media. The more you do it and the more exposure, the more vetted you are and the more like bigger shows and bigger opportunities you get. So it just becomes exactly. this big snowball. Is that workshop paid? At the moment, at the time of this recording, it's 333 US dollars. There's also a, you know, three month payment plan as well. If you'd rather split it up, but the price is going to be going up this year, but I'm going to be doing something special in the middle of the year for that five year anniversary. So you might want to get in a bit sooner rather than later. Okay. There's some <laughs> urgency for you. This podcast, this podcast <laughs> Genuine urgency. And like, I rarely do things kind of randomly, by the way. In that sense, I'm always very intentional about when I do particular price raises. I'm not just raising the price for the sake of it. There are going to be some different layers of support that's integrated in that future price raise. But for now, you can get in at 333 or that payment plan and any future upgrade you will naturally get access to anyway. So you don't really lose anything in that sense. (laughs) Okay. I love that. I love that. I want to mm-hmm. know what human design are you? I'm so curious. Oh, I am a manifester. Oh, interesting. I'm just getting into this world of understanding things and I, I'm just kind of curious. I don't really know a whole lot, but I'm a projector. This whole speak of sustainable visibility and like one interview leading to another appeals to me, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how I like to do it. But I also am not afraid to put myself out there and ask mm-hmm. for the invite when it benefits my business, right? Mm. Oh, speaking of that, a side note. So something that I've been always aware of, but I didn't do anything about it until the end of 2023. But I noticed that people prefer to be invited onto podcasts, right? Instead of pitching themselves. So I actually have a private podcast interview series where I pulled podcasters together and I asked them exactly what they look for when they invite guests. So it's very much like an inside look into their heads about the invitation process and what we can do proactively to position ourselves for invitations instead of waiting around and hoping, crossing our fingers, hoping that it will happen. But there is actually a very strategic way that we can do that. So that is also a paid product. It's $99 at this point. That's also something that I'll send you the link for if anyone's interested on 
about how to get invited because I tend to get along super well with fellow manifestors and projectors. And the one thing I know about projectors is that invitations, yes, please. (laughs) And it's not like I'm not going to do it, but I just had an invite to a big podcast last month. I'm like, this is great. Congrats. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah. I'll take more of that too. But was I pitching myself last week too? Of course. You know, (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing that because it does happen. We do get invited. It does. I invited you on this. Okay. I wanted to get a little bit into your core framework so we could leave the listener with a little bit of like inspiration and insight to how you really show up as yourself, keep up this rate of visibility. When you spoke about the anti-hustle, like there's so much pressure to be omnipresent, to be showing up, to be doing things that make us uncomfortable. And I know you've just figured out a way to handle these visibility strategies. And I would just love your guidance because a lot of my service providers are new at this, haven't done this yet, or have very introverted tendencies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a fellow introvert, so I can totally relate to that. (laughs) All right. This actually branches off from the whole podcast guesting thing. So that's something that I've been known for for quite a long time. And when 2020 hit around the summertime, I remember having a conversation with a dear friend of mine saying that I really want to revolutionize what it means to be visible because for the longest time, it had only felt like the big bold things like speaking on the TEDx stages or at the conferences or on these humongous podcasts or being published in Forbes or something that they are the only things that count. Yes. But I really wanted to have more deeper conversations about how people can still have a wonderful business that supports them, their humanity, their family, etc. without needing to do those big things. They can but doesn't have to be the focal point because one, we may not be there yet. And two, those big things may not even support our business model, which is a huge thing, right? I mean, like not all visibility will lead to something. It's about being strategic with what your business model is, what kind of volume you need in order to actually meet your revenue goals. And I feel like that's often missed. And it's kind of like, oh, the big shiny things, that's all that matters. (laughs) No, it does not. (laughs) That's not the only thing. Or it's like the bulk of it. You know, my brain goes to when I was first becoming aware that I should be doing this was the time like Tarzan K was exploding, right? Mm -hmm. And she was on 85 million different podcasts. (laughs) Like, God, do I have to do that to Mm -hmm. like make money in my business? And so I kind of had that story in the back of my brain. Not that Mm -hmm. I took action on it. (laughs) In my head, I was like rebelling. Yes, I, I can completely understand that. As much as I love doing podcast interviews, I pace it out a lot more. So earlier when I mentioned, oh yeah, I don't recommend everybody do that 101 pitch challenge in 30 days the way that I did, really finding that pace that really seems to work for you. And intention is really going to show as well. Mm-hmm. So if I actually take podcast guesting as my personal example of sustainable visibility, let me just break that down a little bit. The reason why it works for me personally as a human is one, I'm an introvert. I don't particularly do well in big groups because it's a lot of energy to manage. I'm also a highly sensitive person. So again, too much energy at one time is very overstimulating. And so that's why I love one-on-one conversations. And right now as we're recording, it's a one-on-one conversation, right? Yeah, so easy, great. Easy. <laughs> yeah, we can, do, we can go deep. Like I, I don't do small talk. <laughs> I just go deep talk. That's it. <laughs> so that's one thing that works for me personally. 
too is the fact that I can plan around it to a degree, right? I can listen to the episodes. I, you know, I've known of you for quite a long time. And obviously, you know, over the last couple of months, I've learned more about you. So I'm like, okay, cool. So it's not going to kind of hit me out of nowhere. I know who I'm speaking to and what we're going to be speaking about. Yeah. You and I had a back and forth conversation on LinkedIn just to make sure that it's in line fit with what you would love your audience to hear and what I'm happy to share. So I'm like, okay, good. So there is a degree of control there in terms of like what we're going to speak about. That's going to be a win-win situation. Yeah. So that is great for me personally. And it also reaches a sense of safety for me as well, because I, again, I know you, but I am a lot more selective of who I collaborate with now. That's actually because of my community. They have called me in before, not out. They called me in before when I partnered with someone who they thought wasn't quite an aligned fit. And I really appreciate that feedback. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's how in tune my community is. And, oh my gosh. and that's also why I know that intention is absolute priority. Yeah. And so that works for me on that personal front. And from a business point of view, this may be a one-on-one conversation, but when it's out there in the world, endless people can listen to this. So it has a one-to-many reach, even though it's a one-to-one way of actually recording. And that is a huge benefit. Plus, when it goes live, I can re-promote it over and over again. So you don't have to keep doing things over and over again. You can actually just repurpose it. And so when we're in those low energy seasons, when we're in the slower season of life, like for me, there was a huge personal thing that happened towards the end of 2023. So I knew I couldn't do any active visibility things, but I could, I can lean on the things I've already created. I can lean on those visibility assets that I've had, you know, the pleasure of creating with folks like yourself. When I've done podcast interviews with them, I can re-promote that instead. And so that's the beauty of podcast guesting for me. And I'm not just advocating about podcast guesting for the sake of it, but I'm just asking you and everyone who's listening right now just to really break down, okay, how does this support me and my business and the way that life goes? And to me, podcast guesting has been a part of it. It supports my business model, which is a hybrid, by the way, of one-on-one services. So I do VIP services where I do podcast guesting strategy. I do some pitch writing. I don't send on behalf of my clients anymore, but I write them the pitches and I tell them how to fill in certain forms. If they don't accept by email, I take a picture of the form, for example, and I give them insight as to how I would recommend them answer the forms. I give them their spreadsheet and they're pretty much off they're ready to go, that sort of thing, right? And so that's one half of my business and the other half is selling digital products. So when I'm in a season where I'm not doing one-on-one services, then I can lean on partnerships, like affiliate partnerships who have an aligned audience that can really benefit from my podcast guesting workshop series, for example. So I do that hybrid. And so when I'm in a season where I feel like I don't have as much capacity to be super visible as in super active with my visibility. I lean on my visibility assets I have already and I kind of dip more into the digital product side of things. So can you see how this one strategy 
in this case, podcast guesting as an example, is supportive of whichever part of my business model I'm leaning on and also supportive of me as a person who's an introvert, a highly sensitive person. And as a manifester, what that means, I do go through periods of rest cycles, which can be quite long, as well as creative cycles. So I need visibility strategies that aren't always so time sensitive that they have the potential to expand beyond that present moment. Oh my gosh, I love that. I never thought of it like that. But I look at my year in trimesters because I have four children, they're school age, and there's this like college, right? There's two mm-hmm. and there's summer. And so me finding a way to take a break in the summer and turn my brain off is it's essential. I just want anyone listening to realize if you are in a support role, how you can do what you're talking about and augment and and let your clients have that rest cycle and take it off their plate because we all have all of these podcasts that we can rely on. And not only that, one thing I like to do is grab the transcript every time I'm on and you know, we can have a field day over on chat GPT. <laughs> I mean, your your marketing assistant can go crazy with carousels and like using your own words that you don't even need to approve of because you spoke them. Oh, that's so good. To, I know. To think of it that way. <laughs> think of it that way. Yeah, that's so true. That you don't need approval. You already said it. <laughs> yeah. And you hit me up. We'll send you the transcript because it's going into order anyway, right? But like Love that, it. that is so important because otherwise, like I'll feel like this pressure to just like go, go, go. So somebody can take that, a marketing assistant can take that off her plate. But I never thought about that quite the way you said that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And it's like that pressure to have those periods like release them. Mm, You're welcome. So sustainable visibility, again, is all about showing up in a way that is in service to you, your community and your business. Just like how you talked about breaking up in seasons, like sometimes I find I have my best season later in the year instead of earlier in the year. And so I actually break it up into three different categories instead. I want you to envision three concentric circles, like a bullfly. So in the center, we have our first E. So they're all three, they're three E's. Okay. So the center, that will be your essentials. And what that means is that you lean on visibility strategies that will do what it needs to do when you're at your bare minimum, when you have very little capacity that you have spare, that you just need to keep going, but you can't do anything big and bold at that point because you're just at capacity. So that's when you lean on your essential visibility right? So the things that already work, maybe it's one-on-one conversations, maybe it's podcast interviews, repurposing, whatever that is, those will be your essentials. In the middle, you have your enhancements. So that's when you have a little bit more wiggle room, maybe do a collaboration here and there, maybe speak on a summit or on a stage, because what is big is different to different people. Right? <laughs> like for me, a huge big thing would be writing on a blog. That's huge for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's probably more sustainable. <laughs> yeah, interesting, right? You know, each to their own. So in the middle, we have our enhancements. So again, when you have a bit more capacity, you can explore some visibility styles that are kind of closer to home, but still a little bit of a stretch for you. And then when you're in a season when you're like, yeah, I'm raring to go, that's the bigger circle. That is your embellishments, the cherries on top. The things that you said you'd get around to doing last year, but you never did, but now you actually have the time and resources to do it. Those are the big things. So instead of thinking about visibility as a binary thing, you either are visible or you're not, think of it more as a spectrum. And if it helps you to compartmentalize it that way, those three circles, your essentials, 
your enhancements and your embellishments. I've learned a lot of things about myself over the years about when I'm at my minimum, I write a lot, but not blogging, which is interesting. <laughs> I write emails and I write one-on-one messages. When I have a bit more capacity, that's when I do more audio stuff. That's when I produce my own podcast more, when I'm guesting on podcasts more. But when it's embellishments, the cherries on top, the bigger circle, that is when I'm creating more stuff. That's when I'm on video a lot more. Like that some people love video, some people hate it. Right. So it's really going to determine what is going to support you the most when you have a lot of capacity mm-hmm. and when you don't have much to give. Right. So if you think about it in that way, have it be a spectrum that supports your seasons. So what season are you in now? Right now, I would say I'm in my essentials mode because we've just come out of the holidays at the time of this recording. Like you, you and I were like in our lovely jumpers and like nice and cozy and comfy. And I have a feeling that I will go more into my embellishment mode probably just before summer starts. And that's just me as a person and like keeping track of those things. Cause again, as a manifester, I have a lot of rest and then I have a huge creative surge. So it changes. <laughs> And yeah, so I think it's helped because I've been doing this for about three, four years now, like really being very intentional about reading those patterns. Then you're able to determine when is a good time for you to do big collaborations, big creations, or if you need to lean on something that had the history of already working. I don't know if you knew this, but our next guest on the show is Danielle Laura who's a human design coach. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. to my audience about this. So it's so funny you bring that up because I think it's important to understand our clients and ourselves and mm-hmm. things can get really out of sync if you're working for a client who has the mode of operations that constantly is in your embellishment, you know, like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's hard to keep up with. It is. Certain times too. So, oh my gosh, that was really fun. I think you went to Amy Porterfield's entrepreneur experience. Back in 2019, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, I seem like a stalker or a fan <laughs> right now, but I remember you coming up to the microphone, maybe more. <gasps> you were there for that moment. Oh my gosh. I actually found the video the other day, but yeah, to go on. <laughs> I found the video the other, the other day of this particular moment you're about to say. <laughs> we can talk about the moment, but I just want to say, sitting there, because it was one of my first conferences I had been to in a while, right? And, you know, I've had a lot of things going on in my personal life, which has made it really hard to show up in person. And I always am trying to like fight that urge to be the wallflower. Like even the copywriting conference was really hard on me because it felt very like copywriter clicky. Everyone knows each other. I watched you go up to the microphone. I want to see you shared twice more than once. I I, I want to say twice but there was one in particular that led to a standing ovation from everyone (laughs) yeah well your first one the one other people aren't talking to me stood out because I watched you stand up and ask a question and everyone in the room now knew who you were Mm. you know and you didn't do it in this like pluggy way I mean it was like essential it was a good question you know I think everything you talk about with podcast guesting I mean it even applied in that moment and I saw other people stand up and be schmoozy about it. Like, you know, <laughs> so anyway, things were like kind of clicking for me about like being intentional when I show up at events, like who I talk to, how I show up. And I don't know, I just wanted to thank you for that moment. And then oh. there was this second moment. 
it's a little bit of a blur, but I want to say, and I could be faulty, like my brain is a Swiss cheese right now. I remember Amy had us do an exercise and there was some personal growth embedded within that conference. And she had us do an mm-hmm. exercise where we writing to our future self mm-hmm. and we had done this envelope. I want us, did it come after that? I think so, because I remember it being a very personal share and it was to confess this in front of about eight to 900 people. Oh, I remember it was about authenticity in particular, because I remember saying to Amy that I feel like I'm contradicting myself or like I'm a fraud sometimes because I'm asking people, my clients to express their authentic self through their copy. But how can I do that when I'm scared to share what I'm about to share? And that's when I revealed that I'm in a same-sex relationship, which for my culture is a big taboo. Not so much here in the UK or, or the US, but you know, where I'm originally from, Hong Kong, China, like that's still quite a taboo thing. So to reveal that in a room full of strangers, and I didn't know if like things were going to be thrown at me or not, or not, you know, I envisioned all of that horrific stuff. But lo and behold, as tears are streaming down my face, the whole room suddenly rises to their feet in support. I, mean, and- I almost want to cry thinking about it now, <laughs> like the support and the the moment you had in that shift. I mean, I'm not, I'm so not eloquent right now. But, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. And I think that really unlocked things for you. And I think that everyone listening can also benefit because we all have stories to tell. We all come from these interesting backgrounds. And I mean, you sharing your story of sexual abuse, like, you know, with the coach and all the stepping stones and you weren't the copywriter forever. I mean, it's all so beautiful. And I I feel like I'm like butchering it right now. It was amazing. It was amazing. You were amazing. I'm so glad you shared that because we all were walking around with something like that inside, you know? Mm, not, we maybe, really you know, are. I'm not and I'm not trying to compare anything like that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 not at all, not at all. (laughs) Like you said, sometimes you will be remembered for the things that isn't necessarily your line of work, but still really connects to that. And I think, like you said, it was so important not to come across in a very, like, pitchy, um, you know, you know when someone's plugging. You do know that, right? And we're all business owners, so we get it. But when something is shared from the heart, you're remembered for that. Because people can forget what you do and all of that, but they will never forget the thing you did that caused a whole room to have a standing ovation, for example. (laughs) You know, and there were countless people coming up to me afterwards. They were telling me how brave I was to share it. They were sharing how they haven't even admitted it to their own families, but because they heard me talk about it, it gave them just a bit more courage to actually, you know, get closer to that revelation for themselves and I couldn't believe it and I felt so honored to have played just a tiny part in their own journey of you know being truer to themselves in a way that hopefully would be safe and accepted and embraced yeah what I was trying to say was unlocking something in all of us you mm-hmm. know to hear you sharing that story and that's what we do as humans we do kind of internalize that and Gosh, thank you. It was so fun. And it's also been fun since that moment because I was like, who's that girl? (laughs) And then watching you change your business over the years. And, you know, I remember being at the copywriting club, like asking you, like, because I was doing a little bit of pitching for some clients. And I'm like, what are you charging? And you were so forthcoming about that. Anyway, so I don't know. I guess that was my awkward fan (laughs) moment. (laughs) 
<laughs> I had no clue. And wow, who would have thought that, what, four years later, yeah, four and a half years later, that that comes out on our first in-depth conversation on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah for everybody everybody yes i know you might have to send me that video or like the thumbnail I, i'm not such a good storyteller right now but i think things <laughs> will come to me later about that moment so it was so different than what other people were sharing but we all had those big shifts so thank you i feel like you gave me some really good shifts here especially when you talked about those three e's and moving into our own visibility is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap it up yeah, I think actually just branching off from this story, being at the microphone, that sometimes we think that in order to be visible, we need to be the one in the center spotlight on the stage. Mm -hmm. But just what you said there about remembering that moment just from being on the sidelines. And I think there's a sideline spotlight that we don't count, that we don't acknowledge and validate that this also matters. So sometimes we can be visible by supporting others in their own stories or just sharing one on your own again without needing to be the center point all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a huge breath of fresh air for those of us who don't always or have ever liked being in the center spotlight. They're not a center person. They're not the main character. They're this side support character that everyone loves. <laughs> that yeah. They want a spin-off show. In there. <laughs> you know, you can be that side character that really makes that impact. You don't always have to be the main. And I hope that everyone who's listening right now, who's always felt this way, was like, I don't want to be a main character in order for my business to succeed all the time. You can be that beloved side character that has their own potential for a spin-off because people love you just that much. Oh my gosh, I feel like you're telling my story right now. I always use the term like <laughs> intrapreneur, you know, the magic maker behind the scenes. And that was me for a good nine years as a freelancer. I had to have my own breakthroughs and aha moments and rock bottom moments where I thought like, yes, I can step up as a main character. And I mean, that's like a whole nother deep conversation for another time. But, I, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I always say it's Roy Disney. You know, we all know Walt, but Roy was building that business and it's okay. Oh, okay. I did not know that. So good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like to encourage people like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank Where's you the best place to connect with you? Where's your favorite place right now? And I know you have a podcast too. On social media, the best place to find me is Instagram. You'll find that I do have a static nine grid, which means you won't see many updates on my feed. You'll find me most in my stories and DMs. So don't think that it's kind of like a tumbleweed going by because that static nine grid has been up there for a little while. I am very active in my DMs and stories. So yeah, reach out there. I'm also pretty active on my email list. So I do have a resource that can help podcast guesting wise. So if you are someone who would love to guest on more podcasts, but you're not quite sure where to start or you want to hear it from those podcasters, what they look for, I have a resource, literally just that. It's called Be Our Podcast Guest. And it's where I literally interviewed 25 podcasters. I asked them what they look for. I distilled it in a really beautiful document for you. <laughs> So you can find that at makeathang.com forward slash 25 experts. And that will naturally put you on my email list. Of course, you can always unsubscribe at any point if you want to. But I'm also pretty active there. And I share a lot more deeper things that I don't share on social media. So those are the two key places to find me. And if you want to hear more of my voice, then 
I do have my own podcast. It's called The Quiet Rebels Podcast. And just to really fit in the theme here with sustainable visibility, unlike people who post every week, every two weeks, every month, or in seasons, I have a very intentional upload schedule, which means that on the outside, it looks completely random. And fair enough if it looks completely random. But I only upload where I feel that the message is so potent that it requires its own spotlight that's not on a schedule. So my Quiet Rebels podcast is still alive and well. It's just showing up super intentionally. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'll link to that too. And thank you for the freebie about podcast guesting. And then of course, your workshop. I didn't tell you this, but I have a little mini workshop coming up about how a virtual assistant can help with PR, PR services, setting up some of the clients. But what I don't teach is the pitch because that is a lot of work and that's like a whole different standpoint. It's a whole different service. And so it will be really fun for anyone who catches that workshop. Like the timing is crazy because I know I didn't mention this to you, but like the follow-up would be go learn how to pitch. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Maybe like there's another collab down the line for us then. <laughs> yeah. I know we've, uh, we've kind of like, we'll piece it together when we have the capacity, right? <laughs> we need our ease to align. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we're in our enhancement stage, not, yeah. not the essential stage, then I'm sure there's something there, like, but we'll that's great to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being here, Mike. <laughs> appreciate you so much, Emily. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely love how Mayhay explains these three E's, essentials, enhancements, embellishments. We can't be operating in this high mode of operations all of the time. The embellishments are good for when we have that extra energy, but it's okay to be doing the basic activities in your business. It's okay. I really love that. I would like you to check out the show notes for all of the goodies that May Kay talked about. She has her ultimate podcast guesting workshop series. She also has that private podcast that she's running right now. And you can grab that freebie called Be Our Guest with 25 proven ways to get booked on podcasts and beyond. And she has lived it. Like she said, she's pitched herself, learned some hard knock lessons, and she's all about sharing what she's learned in the process. So please DM her on Instagram. Tell her you met her through our podcast. I encourage you to run with it today. All right. You'll hear from me next week on Unicorns Unite. Thanks for listening in. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. I've been called Amy, Wendy, and Reagan like a dragon. So I'm so glad you said that because, yeah. Okay. Let's start over. Emily, Mm -hmm. we can do this. It's a Friday. We can do this. (laughs) My K, welcome to the show. I'm so (laughs) excited. May K. (laughs) 
okay. So think <laughs> it's easier to think of it this way, and this is going to be great bloopers. Um, so if you think of the month of May, like April, May, it's right then- here in front of my face. <laughs> May, I know. I May- wrote May- do the phonetic. I just need to scroll up. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh my god okay <laughs>